Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open it with me to Proverbs chapter 13. And as you do, would you say this with me today? I receive the Word of God to profit me and reproof me, convict me and instruct me in the righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished on all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. A lot of times we look at that and we don't really think a whole lot about it. But you know, really, when it says that it will make the heart sick, the heart is the inner man. And the word deferred means to be delayed. That's why Emmeline's testimony is so powerful. Because if you have faith and patience, you will see all that God has for you. What a great thing to write down in your notes and then put on Facebook that your pastor said so everybody else can see what kind of rich material you're getting on a regular basis. You know, if you have faith and when you have faith and patience, you will receive all that God has for you. That's God's plan. But you know, the enemy's plan is to try to delay. And this is where we need to step up and say, you know, listen, If there's a delay, God still has a plan. Because God's plan will come to pass. God's purpose, no matter, you know, when we say there's no man and there's no devil and there's no government that will stop God's plan, we mean it. You know, could Egypt stop the plan of God for Israel during the time of Exodus? Nope. I mean, God even had to split the Red Sea in order to get them to the other side. You know, did God, uh, you know, could, could the Jordan being out on its most outer banks, it was during the time of spring when they were having floods, and, and they believed that when God told uh, Israel to go into the promised land and they crossed over on dry land, they, they believed that it was at its widest, widest width it could be because of the floods at that time. So, you know, that, did that stop the children of Israel from going into the promised land? See, there's nothing that can stop God's plan for your life. You know, but this word hope really means expectancy. And this is where, you know, we need to really get hold of the word of God. It's an expectancy. You know, someone says, well, is it going to rain? Well, I hope so. You know, but well, are you really expecting it? Well, no, it's kind of a, a, a kind of a, yeah, it would be nice if it would happen. It'd be great if some of these things, these promises of God would come to pass. I'm just kind of hoping so. You know, we, it's not, hope is not where you hold your breath until, mm, I'm just really hoping so. No, hope is an expectancy, and that's what it really means, to begin to expect. And so when disappointments aren't dealt with correctly, or setbacks, or delays, it can cause a disease mentality. That's what it means, the heart. You know, the heart becomes sick. It becomes, you know, weary. It becomes, you know, not expecting. It gets to the place where, 
you know, on the inner man, you think, well, I don't know if this could ever happen in my lifetime or if God will do it for me. And so one of the things that is so important is to understand that we need to increase our expectancy, or I can say it like this, we need to increase our hope. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, these three things abide, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of them all is love, and we understand that. But the word abide means there, it means that it will never go away. It will always be there. We need to understand that as long as we have faith. And when we look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Or faith gets its substance from what you're expecting. Let me put it to you again. Faith gets its substance. It is empowered by what you're expecting. Faith, your faith is empowered and put into motion by the substance of expectancy. In fact, hope is like gasoline is to a car if you don't have an electric car. That's what hope is. It gives substance to your faith. It empowers your faith. And so that's why it's so important that, you know, when we hope, your patient expectation is giving substance to what you are believing or trusting God for. Now, we know that God's word never fails. God watches over his word to perform it. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 1, it tells us that the word of God is an incorruptible seed. And so if God's word is an incorruptible seed, we know that that seed will produce. And when we look at Mark chapter 4, where Jesus talks about the sower and the seed, he talks about four different soils, and the seed that produced the most was the good soil. And so it's up to us that we be the good soil. What are we made from? The soil. Where did we come from? The soil. Now, do not look at your neighbor and tell them that they're good dirt. That's not a good thing to do right now, okay? <laughs> but, you know, I'm good soil, you know, for the word of God. And, you know, of course, this is one of my favorite times of years because, you know, we're beginning to think about what are we going to put in our garden? What are we going to sow? And so when we sow something in our garden, you know, we just don't sow it and water it and not expect something to come up. We're expecting. Yeah. You know, in fact, if it doesn't work, we're disappointed. You know, I mean, how sad would it be if we go out and sow all our radishes, all our onions, you know, some zucchini or whatever, you know, and we go, well, we sowed, but you know what? Let's go to the grocery store and buy all this stuff because it ain't going to happen. Huh? You know, is that expectancy? You know, so the soil, in order for that seed to reproduce, there's two things that has to go on. The soil has to receive the seed. 
Okay, and so when we put that seed into the soil, then we're having an expectancy that all the chemical things that go on and the enzymes and everything and the water and the warm ground and everything, you know, causes that seed to sprout and then that seed begins to grow and then it grows and grows and all of a sudden starts producing fruit and then we get the, you know, uh, partake of that fruit. And so this is how we can increase our expectancy. One of the things that I believe we need to do as a body of Christ is begin to increase our expectancy. So how do we overcome the delays and the disappointments and the setbacks in our lives in order to increase our uh, expectancy? Number one, rehearse your past victories. Rehearse your past victories. You know, when Vicky and I walk into this place or drive up to this property, we always think about what a miracle of God for those who are joining us, you know, or you're new to the fellowship, you know, you have no idea what we walk through to get where we're at today. And so when we started in that old bar and there were dead animals in there, we didn't even know there were dead animals. We should have known because it stunk pretty bad. You know, walked in, what died in here? Something died in there. But anyway, you know, wine bottles, coolers, you know, I mean, it was rough. You know, in fact, I'm really almost amazed that the real miracle is that my wife didn't grab me by the hand and say, not there. We are not going to start a church there. But, you know, I had a vision. I could see it. I could, I could, I, I, you know, I walked in that place. I said, man, you can do this, 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 and this, you know, and, and all she could do is be moved by what she smelled. And so, you know, but yet God helped us get into that old bar. You know, had a gravel road going up to it. And so uh, a, a church here in town uh, owned it, and they made an agreement with us that, you know, they would rent it to us for the eight months. The first two months would be rent-free. And so we, we got in there, and we cleaned it all up, and we started having church, and people started coming People listened to our messages. We thought that was a miracle. But anyway, um, so things started happening. But, you know, then they came and they said, well, we need to sell this place. Well, we didn't have the money for it, but we were believing God. But that's where God wanted us to be. And so when I called my pastor and told him, I said, you know, hey, we've got this opportunity to buy this place. It's not a bad deal. It's pretty good. You know, but, you know, it was still pretty rough. There was a gravel road going up to it. Well, we, what we didn't know was that when that church was given that four acres, they sold two acres, and they made an agreement with whoever bought that particular property we wanted or whoever owned it, that the people behind us that bought it, that split it, they had to uh, put in a driveway. Well, it was about a $17,000 entranceway, not driveway, just the entranceway in itself, and then paved driveway. And so the people behind us, they were an asphalt company, they were a paving company, and so they start putting this driveway in before we sign the contract. And in the contract, we had put, we'll buy it, but you need to pay for the driveway. And so anyway... The church signed off that we were buying it from, signed off on it, and I knew, and listen, folks, I just believe that living a life in integrity is important. 
So I called up the pastor. I said, you know, you signed off on this. We want to thank you. I said, but do you know that you did sign off on paying for the driveway being built? Hope! I didn't know that. Stop. They didn't want to pay for that $17,000. Actually, it was more than that because $25,000. Thank you. There's the memory in the, in the family there. $25,000. You know, and, and we're, we're, we got to put $25,000 down and then pay for this driveway. We didn't have that kind of money at that time. And so anyway, so that contract was delayed. So as a result of the contract being delayed, then it was poured, it was done, and they ended up paying for it anyway. We didn't have to pay for it. And so when they said, well, we want to sell this property to you, you know, well, okay, the, the driveway was taken care of, what next? Well, they wanted $25,000 down and $100,000 they were going to finance to us interest-free for the first year. Well, we didn't have $25,000. And so when I called my pastor, he said, well, I'll send you $10,000 to help you. Well, thank God that this pastor has the understanding of having a pastor in his life. Amen? But you know, they were putting up a television station in Kapalo, Uganda, and they were having some financial issues, and he couldn't come up with the 10000 and, you know, we were running about 30 people at the time. And when people would come through the doors, you know, if they brought their, you know, uh, toy doll, we counted, we counted the, you know, toy doll as a, as a person, you know. If they brought their pets, we counted, yeah, we got 30 people. I mean, you know, probably we didn't have 30 people, but we're believing God. But, you know, within three months, that, that group raised $25,000 to put that down. And we paid for it in two and a half years and put sixty dollars to $80,000 in remodeling it. Now, that's a miracle. You know, and then we got this prophetic word that God was going to merge churches with us. And so the, the, the leadership of this church, um, you know, we, we, we didn't really get involved in it, but there were some challenges here, and the pastor resigned, and to make a long story short, the transition team came and said, Pastor, do you want to merge churches with us? We said, well, you know, I'm not sure. We got this prophetic word, and so I called my pastor again. Thank God for spiritual wisdom in your life. You know, and I said, he said, well, what do you think? I said, well, you're the one that gave me the prophetic word. Now it's coming to pass. What do you think? He said, well, I think you ought to go out and check it out. So Vicki and I came and checked it out. Sure enough, we felt like this was God. You know, and in a week, God made it possible for us to be able to occupy this property through the bank and through other things that took place. I'm not going to go into all the details there. And then we paid this property off in two and a half years. And then we bought the 30 acres behind us. And we paid that off in two and a half years. You know, and so, you know, when things begin to get delayed or things begin to, you know, slow down a little bit, we just begin to encourage ourselves, look what God did. Right. I mean, you know, he, he, he started us in an old bar. And look where we're at today. You know, and look at the opportunities we've had. We've been invited and, and have gone overseas. We've been to Uganda. We've been to England. We've been to Australia. We've been to the Caribbean. We've been to Mexico. We've been, I don't know, all of Romania, Albania, you know, and other places like that, you know, just because we've obeyed God. 
And you know, when, when we saw what God did for us, even though there may be a delay, we rehearsed the past victories. And that's the key. That's the, one of the keys to, you know, uh, increasing your expectancy is begin to rehearse the supernatural things that God did for you. Secondly, put yourself around people that will encourage you to believe. Hello, somebody. You need to be around people who will encourage you to believe. You don't want someone, well, I don't know if God can do that, you know. Man, I mean, God can heal. I don't know if God can do that. I don't want to be around someone who doesn't think that God can heal, especially if I need healing in my body. I want to be around somebody who says, yes, I not only do I know God can heal, God healed me. And I'm anticipating that God heal you. I mean, that's what real agreement means when, when it says when two of you agree touching anything, it shall be done for you. That's what real agreement is all about. I'm agreeing with you. I'm not only agreeing based on the word of God, I can agree with you based on my own experience of being healed by God. And if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. And so we need to be sure that we are around like-minded faith people. You know, I think of the scriptures, you know, where, where Peter and John, I think it was Peter and John after they were, you know, um, you know, uh, persecuted for their faith and were put in jail and released and threatened, don't ever preach this name again. It says they went back to their own company. Now, what would have they have done with their ministry if they went back to a, a company that said, you know what, listen, this, this calling that you have on your life, it ain't ever going to work. These people aren't ever going to let you preach Jesus again. You might as well give up. What if they'd gone to that company? Maybe they would have never continued to preach. But no, they went to a company that said, you know what? Hallelujah, we praise God that we got persecuted for his namesake. And you know what? If, if God told you, Peter, to go preach in the name of Jesus, then go preach in the name of Jesus. You know, that's the kind of people I want to be around. And so this is what we need to do to increase our expectancy. But you know, the other day God dropped this down in my spirit. And I believe it's a word from the Lord. But, but one of the things that we have to do to increase our expectancy is to receive the word of God. Now I'm not going to get into a bio, biology lesson here. But when a woman is pregnant, it happens because she has received a seed. And when a married couple are trying to get pregnant, they're expecting. Isn't that right? They're what? They're expecting. They're what? They're expecting. Why is the woman expecting, you know, after the intimate moment that they have? Because she received the seed from the man. And so one of the things that we have to do is that we have to see the word of God as a seed. And the way we increase our expectancy is by believing the word of God is really going to work in our lives. We have to expect. We have to anticipate. We can't go, oh, I hope the word of God comes to pass in the sense of, well, it would be nice if it would. No, we have to say instead of I hope, I expect the word of God. So when a woman gets pregnant, it's because she received the seed of a man, and she is now expecting. When we receive 
the seed of God's word, we will begin expecting. In fact, the truth is that if you're not expecting God's word to come to pass in your life, you need to step back and ask yourself, have you really received it? Now, how many of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And you believe he's the son of God and God raised him from the dead. And according to the scripture, because of that, you're saved. And so if you die, what, where do you expect to go? Oh, okay. Is that so hard? No. Has anybody been there yet? No. But you're expecting it. Why are you expecting that? Because you heard the word of God. And when you heard the word of God, you received it. As a result of receiving, being born again and receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're now expecting if something happened to you and you were to die and leave this earth, you would go into eternity and be in the presence of God forever, right? So we expect that. So why is it so hard for us to expect if sickness tries to attack us that we'll be healed? Why is it so hard to expect that when we sow our tithes that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on us? Why is it so hard to expect that when we give a sacrificial offering to the Lord that it's hard for us to receive the hundredfold blessing in this life? Why? Because maybe we haven't really received that word into our own hearts. You know, this is what I have to question my own self. Have I really received the word of God? You know, and it says in, in, in Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Now, really, the word come there is in italics. It's not really there. But, you know, a really good way to express that is that Faith is going to be activated when you hear the Word of God. Okay, but you have, it's going to be activated to the point that you want to receive it. It's going to, it, it, you know, Jesus said, I came to preach the good news, glad tidings. And when you hear that, your faith, when you hear the Word, your faith starts getting activated, Okay. But in order for your faith to manifest what you believe, you got to begin to expect and increase your expectancy. So your expectancy is going to be increased based on your level of hearing the word of God. That's why it says in Mark chapter 4, he who has ears to hear, let him, actually it really means, let him continue to hear. For the same measure that you use it, it says, which really means receive it, it will manifest in your life. And so to the same measure that you receive the word of God, is that word going to manifest in your life? And the more you receive the word of God, the more you hear the word of God, the more you're going to expect the word of God to manifest in your life. So how do you increase your expectancy? And you increase your expectancy by hearing the word of God. 
Now, I want us to go somewhere here, and I am going to uh, uh, just share a little bit, and you're going to, uh, a little bit here, and you're going to think, how does that have to do with expectancy? But I'll get there in just a moment. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Here's, a, and I'm going to, I'm going to point out to you an area that we don't usually use our expectancy in. Luke chapter 17. It's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe through him whom they do come. It's impossible. In other words, offenses are going to come. That's what Jesus said. And be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and were thrown into the sea that he should offend one of these little ones. And I really believe Jesus said that because if you have taken an offense, you probably will offend somebody else. All right? So he says it's impossible. He said, take heed to yourself if your brother sins against you or if you have gotten offended. That's basically what it's saying there. You're, you're offended. You know, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day return to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. You know, the first time I read that, I was like, what? Come on, guys. Increase your faith for getting over a fence. Man, I want, man, I want faith to raise the dead. I want faith to see the blind uh, eyes open. I want faith to see the deaf ear. I want to see the lame walk. I want faith for people to get saved. That's where I ask God to increase my faith. But they're like, oh, Lord, increase our faith. But I understand it now. And I'll explain it to you. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this, the King James is a better definition, sycamore tree. Because here in Missouri, if we have a mulberry tree, we think about those sweet little mulberry, you know, that look like blackberries, and they're so sweet and delicious to eat. Well, it's not that at all. It's a sycamore tree. Be pulled up by the roots and planted to see it will obey you. Well, let's just stop and back up just a little bit. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the sycamine tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted and seen, and it would obey you. Why did he use sycamine tree? There's several reasons, five, five reasons, in fact, I believe. But the one of them that I want to point out to you today is this. Because the sycamine tree, sycamore tree, that grows mainly in a parched, dry area, has very, very deep roots. And so Jesus is talking earlier before this, if your brother offends you. So what happens when your brother offends you and you're angry and you don't deal with the offense, it turns into a root of bitterness. So I don't know about you, but when someone does something to the point that it offends me, it means that they hurt me. I'm hurt, maybe devastated, maybe extremely disappointed. You know, maybe to the point where I'm like, you know, I, 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 you know, well, why did all this happen in my life? And so Jesus said, when that happens, what you need to do, if you have faith, you need to speak to this thing and command it to go. 
Well, how many of you have had to forgive somebody, knowing the principles of forgiving, but you're not really expecting for the pain to leave? Hmm? Well, I forgave because, you know, Jesus said, after all, Pastor Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. I want to be forgiven by God. Well, that's good. And you expect God to forgive you, but you're not really expecting the pain or the betrayal or the devastation to leave you. A lot of times, well, you know, time heals everything. Well, the reason why time heals everything because eventually you quit talking about it. Am I doing okay this morning? You know I'm telling you the truth. But so often, it says right there, if you have faith with expectancy, let's put that in there. So when you say, I forgive you, or when you say, I release that, I'm not going to carry that offense or offense get behind me. Are you really expecting the anger to go with it? Are you really expecting the pain to go with it? I'm doing real good this morning. I can tell, by the way, my wife's grinning at me. (laughs) Are you really expecting these things? Because faith is the substance of things that you are expecting. And as you begin to expect it, well, how can you really expect this if you don't believe or you haven't received what the Word of God said? Now, in John chapter 20, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, whosoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Have you received that? Are you walking in your authority to release the intention the wrong or negative or evil intention of the offense that came against you? Are you expecting that? Have you released that? Have you released it by faith with expectancy as once you say it, it's not going to hurt you anymore? And a lot of times in that area. So hope deferred makes the what? Heart sick. Offenses affect the what part of a person? The heart. See, we really project ourselves how we perceive ourselves. And we can't fool God. God knows what's on the inside of us more than sometimes we know ourselves, I believe. And so when that is working against us on the inside, hope deferred makes what? The heart sick. Okay, so expectancy delayed makes the heart sick or what we expect to happen doesn't happen or is delayed brings injury to ourselves on the inside. And why is it that we don't quickly expect when we forgive a situation or speak to a situation for it not to manifest immediately. Now, now listen, I, I, I'm not preaching to you today. I'm preaching to myself. I realize that I have allowed offenses in my life to go on and on and on and 
And the Lord began to reveal to me the one reasons why they went on so long was because I wasn't really expecting that when I forgave the offense for it not to affect me anymore. How many of you have ever had the hiccups? How many of you ever had the hiccups for so long that when it stopped, you thought you should continue to hiccup? Has that ever happened to you? Man, I tell you, you know. And then when it stops, I'm expecting, but I don't. Well, we need to begin to expect that the hiccups in our lives are going to leave us and not affect us anymore. We need to begin to expect that. How are we going to expect that? How does a woman expect a child? By receiving, we have to receive, and this is why, you know, today was really orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. We, we felt led to ask the men to, to sing that song again. But this is why, you know, we, we sang that song again twice about loving Jesus and never giving up. Because we're expecting, this is, this, is, this is empowering us to begin to expect the love of God to come in in such a powerful way, it'll wash away everything that would hinder us from receiving from God. That's why we can expect when we receive the Word of God. And that's why it's so important that we continue to hear the Word of God. Faith comes or is activated by hearing. It doesn't say it once. It says it twice. Hearing. You know, the hear is fine. But hearing is a continuation, which means keep hearing what you just heard. And so what you can do to increase your expectancy is to increase hearing the word of God. And hearing, and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the testimonies of our words. Isn't that what the Word of God says? And so when we hear this testimony of, I stood for 18 years, and we stood and we stood and we stood, and we saw the manifestation of what we stood for, you know what? That should encourage you. What do you believe in God for? Well, Pastor, I don't know if I can wait another 18 years. Well, if you wanted to increase, increase the word that will increase your expectancy. Hello, somebody. Are we doing okay this morning? And this is one of the things that we can do to increase our expectancy is allow the word of God to go into us. And then he, then he went on to say this. Well, what do we need to do in the process of waiting they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not faint, and they, or they shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Right? Amen. I got it there? Okay. Very good. They that do what? Wait. Does that mean sit on our hands? No. Well, what can we do in the meantime? Well, this is, Jesus is still talking about how to deal with these offenses. And which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. But he will not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, gird yourself, serve me until I've eaten and drink, and afterwards you will eat and drink. 
does he even thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, when you've done all those things which are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. It took me a while to understand that, but it means we're not doing this for our own profit. We're doing this to be obedient to God. So what did Jesus say in Mark 10, 45? He said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve or give of myself. And so in the process of waiting on the Lord, what should we be doing? We should be serving God. Keep going to church. Keep being faithful. <coughs> Keep being steadfast. And as the word of God says, they that diligently seek God will be rewarded. Let's go there. I didn't quote that quite right. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 10 and look at verse 30, uh, 35. Therefore, do not cast away your, says confidence here, or can we say expectancy? Is expectancy and confidence, aren't they kind of parallel? If you're expecting, aren't you confident? You ladies who have had a baby, Weren't you confident about eight and a half months into your pregnancy that you were going to have this child? Hmm? Wasn't there an expectancy? You know, somebody here in this church is going to get married. Isn't there an expectancy that on a certain date we're all going to be there to rejoice and watch this holy matrimony? Well, sure there is. Are they confident in it? Well, absolutely they are. Okay, so expectancy and confidence kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Well, how does this confidence happen? By hearing it over and over and over and over again. One of the things that really blessed me about uh, Jerry Savelle is, is that he was telling us that when he was growing up, his dad told him all the time, he said probably hardly a day, uh, a day didn't go by where his dad didn't say, I'm really proud of you, son. What did that do to him? Built up his confidence. Yeah, you know, you can do anything. You can be anything. You can go anywhere. You know, I think it should build up your confidence when someone says there's no man, no devil, no government that can stop God's plan for your life. Amen. You know, we need to hear that. So that built up his confidence because it came from his father on a regular basis. Well, what was put in him? Well, what was put in him is that, Jerry, you can't fail. You can't fail. You can be what you want to be. You want to race cars, race cars. You want to rebuild classics, rebuild classics. But you know, when he went into the ministry, he had that same confidence. He didn't went in the ministry with the thought of, and I know this for a fact, he didn't in the, went, went in the ministry with the thought of, what if I fail? He went in the ministry fully confident and, and persuaded that God was going to take care of him. So here, don't cast away your confidence or your expectancy, which has great reward. Well, what is it that would cause you to cast away your expectancy? Possibly a delay. Possibly listening to other people. Possibly beginning to get discouraged. 
possibly these things. And those are things you've got to get out of, the, out of the way and rebuild your expectancy. Rebuild your company. Be around people who are expecting with you. Glory to God. You know, when, when, when you know, uh, a married couple gets, gets pregnant, usually they tell their parents first. Is usually the way it happens. And then they begin to tell their friends, and everybody gets excited. All right, we're having another baby. Glory to God. This is wonderful. You know, let's go buy some diapers. You know, you know showers are the most intriguing things to me. Because everybody's buying things for something that hasn't happened yet. Oh, we got you a bunch of diapers. Well, the baby's not here yet. Good thing there's not an expiration date on them. <laughs> How we got this couple who's going to get married? We're expecting them to get married. We got, we got her the best set of pots and pans because we expect her to be a good cook. Hello, somebody. We got him a vacuum cleaner. We got him some new tools because he's going to be the fixer-upper of the house. Come on, somebody. But, you know, people are doing things by what? Faith, because they... What have I been talking about this morning? Come on, help me a little bit. Listen, those who are watching online, these are not mannequins. They're real people here. Come on. What, what, what are we doing when we go to these showers? What are we doing? So we can do that in a natural realm. Well, can't we do that with the Word of God? Amen. So don't cast it away. For you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. Hold your finger there. I'll go back. Hold your finger there. Romans chapter 5. We've gone over this. But let's hear it one more time because by hearing the word of God, it increases our expectancy, right? Therefore, having been justified by faith, okay, you're justified. In other words, there's nothing in the eyes of God for you who are in Christ Jesus that can hinder his word from manifesting in your life. He justified you. In fact, Romans 3.24 says he Freely justified you. It didn't cost you anything. Good layman turn for justify. It's, it's deeper than that, but just as if you never sinned. In other words, you know, God put you in a place, the same place that he is in, uh, that Jesus is in with the Father. So let me ask you something. Do you think the Father would hold any good thing from Jesus? Well, would he hold any good thing from you? I don't think so. All right. We have peace, which is completion. Uh, fullness, all that God has with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have access by this faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance, knowing perseverance produces character, knowing character produces hope. So what is character? Character is who you are. Character is who you are. So are you 
Do you have the character of expectancy? Are you expecting? What does James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 say? Count it all joy when you fall in divers' temptations, knowing this. There, there's something that's going to come out of this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, you being entire, wanting nothing. So in the process of patience, being patient, are you expecting being at that place where you want nothing? Well, is that really possible? The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. That's God's plan for your life. Not to be in lack, not to be in want. In any area of your life, if you need healing, you shouldn't want. You should be healed. If you need blessing, prosperity, you shouldn't be in want. You should be prospering. This is God's plan for your life. This is what he wants for your life. I'm doing pretty good this morning. Oh, the mannequins have come to life. All right, back to Romans chapter 10, I mean Hebrews chapter 10. You have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, so there is a when you've done something. Faith without works is dead. So when you have operated in faith, you've been obedient, you've followed the will of God for your life, when you've done these things, after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if one draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And I've explained this before, but I'm going to explain it again. Well, well, well how, how come God wouldn't? You mean God doesn't love us if we draw back? It's not what it says. You mean God's you know, upset with us if we draw? No, it's not what it says. God has prepared to manifest what you're expecting him to do for you. You got that? All right. And I know I've used this illustration before, but this last year, you know, um, talked to some young people who had a terrible Thanksgiving, and I went home, I said, Vicki, wouldn't it be fun to have a, 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 a Christmas dinner for them? She goes, yeah, why don't you invite them? So I did. Yeah, we'll come. Yeah, we'll come. You know, so, you know, went out and, and we bought all the things and Vicky got all her Christmas, you know, dishes out and set it on the table and we were expecting after church that they were going to come and we had this beautiful dinner set up and, and a dessert. We bought a couple pies and, and uh, we were expecting company and no one showed up. They're lost, not ours. Just means that I got more pie. And you know, with more pie, it's more ice cream. You know, that's, I mean, you know, how that works. You know. But you know, we, we were disappointed because they drew back or they didn't receive what we thought they expected us to provide for them. You know, so now you can understand how God feels. You know, he doesn't have any pleasure in those who don't receive what you are expecting him to do for you. You know, I, I, as pastor of this church, you know, and we feel like we're so blessed. You know, God's given us the very best here at Family Worship Center. We believe that with all our hearts. But, you know, we have some new people coming on staff. We have some people who haven't been trained that have come on staff. We have people who are being trained that are coming on staff. 
And we love it. We enjoy doing that. But you know, sometimes they're not ready for certain things. And so one day I was like, Lord, I need somebody who's ready to do this. He says, so are you waiting on some people? I go, yeah. He says, now you know how I feel. Okay. And then I had to remind myself, with faith and patience, you know, it takes time. It takes time for people to grow. It takes time for the right people to be in the right place. You know, it took Israel 40 years for the right people to be in the right place. How many of you are glad we don't have to wait 40 years? Huh? How many of you want to wait 40 years? And most of you can't even wait 40 seconds. You had to say that, Pastor, didn't you? So if anyone draws back. So we can't draw back. We've got we to press into what we're expecting. And that's the key right there. Press into the. And this is how we do it. I'm not, I'm not one who draws back. Mm-mm, that's not me. I'm not losing my confidence. Mm, I, I'm not losing my confidence in what God's told me. But I want to tell you something. As your pastor, I haven't lost confidence in what God's shown me about you either. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you're sitting in an auditorium of a bunch of world shakers and history makers. You guys have no idea what God showed me about you. And it's much greater than you're seeing for yourself. So I don't know about you, but I want to be around somebody who has an expectancy greater for me than I have for myself. Man, it's going to be good. Woo. Woo. Can you think God made a provision for you during a child and tribulation? I'm telling you what, you're going to see the double here real soon. You got that? All right. It's amazing what God's done in some of y'all's lives. But you know what? God's not done yet. I heard him say it was just the beginning. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm going to stay to the end. I want to see what this thing looks like when it's all said and done. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to step out in faith. You can own your own car dealership. Now you guys got me shaking because you got me saying things that I could never make it happen. But you know what? God sees it. And through his eye, I see it. I see some great things for you guys. Amen? I'm expecting. I'm expecting greater things for you all. Amen? So don't draw back. Don't give up. Don't quit. And that's how you not draw back. You say, I'm not one who draws back. I'm not going backwards, but I'm going forward. For the steps, not the leaps, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. How do you get there? One step at a time. Expecting that you're going to get there. I'll close with this story. We were, when we were singles directors, we took the singles. And you weren't on that trip to the Grand Canyon, correct? You weren't on that trip. But I took your son, right? How old was he? 12, 11, 
10 and his best friend. You know, all the man, you know, and, and she'd been camping with me. She knew that I had been in the Boy Scouts and I had some, you know, outdoor skills and stuff like that. She wasn't too concerned about it until afterwards she heard what really happened. <laughs> so we get there and, and, and somebody's there working with us to, you know, get down and, you know, to the bottom. Then we get down to the bottom. They go, well, we're the big bad uh, snowstorm's coming. We got to get back to the top today. Well, I'm dealing with, you know, probably 80% of the people who walk down there barely made it down there, much less make it back up. You're talking seven miles of switchbacks, almost straight up and down, you know. And so anyway, our uh, uh, Jason and his, and his friend, you know, they, they got about a quarter of the way up, and they just couldn't carry their backpacks, you know. So I said, well, I'll, I'll carry your backpack. So I got my backpack and their two backpacks. And then one of the uh, uh, other singles, I can't carry my backpack either. So I, well, I'll carry your backpack, you know. And so here I am, and I'm like, man, I've got to get out of this because if I don't, they won't, you know. So I start praying in the spirit, you know. And I want to let you know, every time I went th to a switchback, which is, you know, you go this way, and you, you know, and then you go back this way, you know, and you go back this way. I'm telling you, every time I, I did a switchback, I'm anticipating to see the top of the canyon. And it was a long way. But I didn't quit. And eventually I came out to the top of the canyon. But it didn't happen on the first switchback, the second switchback, or the third switchback. Well, how many switchbacks did you do? I have no idea. But I want to let you know that eventually we made it to the top. And every one of them got out. Amen. It was a long journey, but we didn't quit, and that was the key. In fact, some of the um, uh, people who work in the, uh, on the state departments there, park rangers, thank you, they had to help us. And even some of the people who, who didn't have the backpacks, they said, we just don't think we can do it. And he said, yeah, you can. He said, walk five steps and rest. Walk five steps and rest. Walk five steps and rest. I'm here to tell you, if you feel like you're getting weary in a journey, don't quit. Just take five steps and rest. I'll never forget, you know, my early days, you know, I went out, came out of the engineering, you know, field and got into the ministry. And, you know, that's when I quoted the scripture a little as much when God was in it every time I got my paycheck. But anyway, you know, I was like, man, you know, and, you know, and I just assumed all Christians loved everybody. Anyway, I won't go there. <laughs> and I was like, God, I'm going to quit. You know, and I had this vision of this ladder. And the Lord said, well, if you quit, that means you got to go all the way back down and start all over. And this is what he said to me. He says, I know you, Tom Luther. He said, you might quit, but you'll want to you'll, you'll get back into it. I thought, well, that's true. He said, instead of quitting, why don't you just rest? Just take a moment and rest. Just like those switchbacks. Take five steps and rest. Nothing wrong with rest. But the point is, don't quit. And do whatever you can to encourage your expectancy by hearing the Word of God. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. 
Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.